Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All counties are chasing historic successes on Sunday, but which of Dublin and Mayo will be celebrating at their respective team hotels on Sunday night? Here on the Irish Examiner Sports Paper Talk Preview Podcast, we're going to discuss where Sam Maguire will reside over the winter months. I'm Peter McNamara and I am delighted to be joined by All-Ireland medalists Paul Clark of Dublin and Paddy O'Shea of Cork, as well as Irish Examiner and Breaking News.ie journalist Stephen Barry. Paddy, we're going to start with yourself You've been in a lot of uh, major games yourself involved, involved in Crow Park. Mayor going into this game on Sunday. Kind of similar to your Cork in a way, building up to a final after a couple of years, near, a couple of near misses. What do you think the mood will be like in, in the West? Um, I'd say, considering the last few years, they've come close with their past two finals. It's a very experienced team, to be fair, so I don't think they get carried away with um, something that club scene as well in Dublin obviously what's your thoughts on how basically people are perceiving the game obviously everyone thinks that Dublin are deserved favourites obviously the vibe is good yeah it's been you know fairly calm for the last couple of weeks this week obviously picked up an awful lot of people trying to scramble for tickets and then obviously people have been getting tickets all along and now they go more to businesses and, and people go on junkets Another another discussion at some stage, but um, mm. no, it's been calm enough. Um, not a talk, obviously, as to what what James starting fifteen might be. Of course, he'll name it a fifteen, and whether that starts now uh, is another thing. But um, now there's a, there's, a, there's a calmness about it. Even now, previous years between the supporters and I on Dublin, there's been a lot of animosity and bad vibes. But um, I have to say, great credit to both sets of supporters this year looking at any of the social media correspondence between them, they said, you know, let's, let's you know, be a bit more calm and respectful to each other about this. Like, they're the two best teams in the country, and, you know, question whether they've been the two best teams for a number of years now. Um, and I had the makings of a great final. Um, Dublin, 
quickly going for three in a row. Um, I think Jim nipped that in the bud fairly quickly this week, saying it's, ju- it's just another game um, in a journey that the team are making. Um, they all had a you know a longish tough season, uh, have played plenty of games, um, but they seem to have a, a great structure in what they're doing. Um, very few injuries, um, good discipline, so no real suspension. So I could see both teams going in with full strength squads to, to pick from. You, you touched on something there, Paul, that we might just discuss actually with the panel there for a second because it's actually something that's, just, just aside from the actual game for a second, it's actually very important. I find it frustrating myself. The ticketing situation for finals, um, my own personal opinion, I suppose it's the same with every cup finals, Champions League finals, whatever. It is a bit of a joke though. I mean, like, I saw pictures of people, celebrities, so to speak, outside Crow Park, going into Crow Park, Standing next to guys from Galway and Waterford with signs pleading for tickets, is that really acceptable in the GA? Um, is it acceptable? Full stop. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of loyal supporters that travel fair distances. Okay, we're lucky in Dublin at Crow Park and in Dublin, so it's not such a big journey for us. But for any other, you know, county making a journey up for. For quarterfinals or semi-finals and finals, it's a costly affair, um, and you know if you're willing to, to to make that journey, you know to support your, your county, and, and you may have gone through McKenna Cups or FBD leagues or or Bourne Cups, um, and you know can show that that you attended these matches, and then when it comes to the the biggest game of the year, the one that you want to nearly tell your children and your grandchildren that you attended. Um, you can't get tickets for it so it, it's very frustrating for for a lot of people and a lot of uh, loyal supporters and as you say um, you have people who haven't been in Crow Park at all or they haven't been in Crow Park at all this year um, just walking by um, can, can make that even more frustrating Mm. Stephen, where do you stand on this this whole ticketing issue, for, particularly for finals? Yeah, you'd feel for fans who have like, I mean, for Mayo fans who have been to nine championship matches around the country, seven league games, you know, FBD league, that if they are not getting in, you know, it's not, it's tough to see. I suppose the celebrities that kind of tend to show up for finals in in any sport really, but um, I suppose the GA have tried to address it. They brought in the season ticket a few years back, which helped, but I suppose there's. That's still capped, and I suppose when you look at the two teams involved, you know Dublin and Mayo, they're two probably the two most well-supported teams in the country. So there's always going to be a massive, I suppose, crush for final tickets, and it's it's tough to avoid. I'd love to see the season ticket expanded to take in more members, but uh, there will be definitely loyal fans who miss out for the final, and it'll be tough to take from. Paddy, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with most of what's been said really. Um, it's just a topic every single uh, year, this time of year. And it's true. I mean, you, 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 you support us when we're travelling all over the country to, in, in one of the Bear Cup games, the Kenna Cup games of the country. And then when it comes to the crunch, you know, boys going to the games and tickets just kind of fall into their laps. They have no passion for the actual game itself. It's just a day out for them as such. Um, whereas you have people then who will be going to all these games and they're really passionate about their county and the final that's coming up and they really do struggle at times to get tickets for the game. Now it has improved a bit as you say with the, the season tickets over the last number of years but they really have to do more to improve it again because you know, you know, it's probably just in every sport but 
make it better. So when it comes to finals, I even myself find here on the court, I get phone calls from, let me say, Galway and Kilkenny, from Harling supporters looking for football or Ireland final tickets off of me, whether Cork and Ireland or not, so that they can trade for Harling tickets when the time comes. Yeah. So it's not a scramble like. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement that that is something that needs to be revised. Obviously, it's you know it's not something you're going to come to an actual conclusion to anytime soon or find a, a kind of an outcome that everyone will be happy with. But certainly, more can be done, I suppose. Certainly, in the case of trying to get tickets for people on the ground that deserve them more. Just on the game itself, Paul, um, Paul Flynn, does been touted that he might start on Sunday. I, I actually think he might as well because I think he even though he hasn't played many games so far I thought there was something about the way he performed in his cameo role against Tyrone suggested a guy that's really really biting to get on the team yeah look Flynn a quality footballer and has been for a, a long number of years um, you know picking up I think he four all stars in the trot and then yeah. he was suffering a bit from injury and had a couple of operations may not have gone as well as he thought and you know, a lot of people may have said, well, you know, that's the end of his career, but they don't know Paul Flynn, like, I know Paul Flynn. He's a very determined, uh, very mature guy who, who knuckles down and does whatever has to be done to, to put himself in the, in the shop window as such to, to get selection. Um, like, I know that the last day, which for me was a, was a bigger, a bigger sign of, the, of where he was, that, the first two touches of the ball he got, he actually gave, uh, had a bat, poor shot and then actually gave a ball away from from play, in play. And um, as a result of that, you would have said, well, maybe head isn't in the right place. But he proved um, the type of quality player he is and kicked on with three unbelievable scores, which were crucial to the team, but more so crucial to him. And I think, you know, um, it's fair to say that Jim Gavin looked if you want me to do a job whether starting or coming on I'm, I'm well capable of doing that you know mm. um, so look, it wouldn't surprise me if he started um, and I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he didn't because you know what contribution he can bring Stephen I'm going to put this to the whole panel now as well because obviously this is a major topic but just starting with yourself on Dermot Connolly I personally don't think that he will start I saw that Paddy Power went from 8 to 15 that he won't start to 1 to 7 that he won't start so obviously uh, people in Dublin have fair idea well you know to a degree mm. might think they know what's going to happen there I don't think I don't, even if even if the odds were better than that so to speak I don't think he would have played from the start either where do you stand on that? Yeah I don't see him playing from the start I suppose Jim Gavin he'll, he's probably reveling in this that he can I suppose have have so many potential different tricks you can throw at Mayo given how much of an emphasis Mayo would have put on Martin Connolly in previous encounters and it's funny to see you mention the odds uh, I think Paddy Power still have Connolly as fourth favourite for man of the match even though yeah. it's so unlikely to start but um, I suppose a lot of it will come down to Athens and Dublin training which we don't get to see but I suppose it was a big statement in the last game to leave Connolly sitting in the cold for so long um, without introducing him until very late on um, so I think there was a reason for that though, and I think it might be, might be, that he's been on. He was on two black cards, and if he got a third one, he would have missed the final theoretically. So I think that might have been in the thinking. I'm just throwing it out mm. there. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, sure. But I suppose when you look at, I suppose the way te- teams are picked these days. I mean, there's so much emphasis then on your finishing team as well. Mm. So like for Dublin to have the players in reserve that they have, 
and to have the option of even if they start Connolly or if they start Flynn to bring on you know an Isle Scully or whoever else might come out and like that's not to mention Bernard Brogan and all these other players who are you know have been in reserve all year so I think having Connolly to come off the bench maybe and throw something different at Mayo to open up the game would, is a great option for him to have Paddy would you start there McConnelly if you were Jim Gavin Paul, you're 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 kind of I suppose if of the four of us, how you probably have the the most insight there, possibly. The insight into it all is really Jim Gavin thinking. You know, um, I don't think anybody is capable of actually double guessing or, or or trying to see what what Jim's game plan is. Um, and then in hindsight, there is so much discussion about it. You know, you know, you just mentioned Dermot coming on when he did uh, the last day, um, and obviously the risk of a black card and I'm going, but also playing for a couple of minutes got that out of the way. Dermot has played and the story, so if he does start the next day, there's no big deal for you know, it's, he's already played for Dublin. Um, but there's also a lot of talk as to why Bernard Brogan wasn't brought on the last day or Michael Darren McCauley, you know key players that have been introduced every game so far so like even those talking points are, are big within Dublin um, you know with their, with their method in it and you know whatever Jim I've for him he's come to this conclusion whatever Jim decides is absolutely 100% right and whatever way he calls it is the right thing for the team and the squad and, and to get the job done Okay, lads. So we're gonna we're gonna move on there now. We've we've discussed the potential starters or impact subs. Just one guy for me that under my underpins how great Dublin are. Everyone talks about clocks, and then we we'll get to that in a minute. But just out the field, I think for me, Kieran Kilkenny is just an amazing player. I know for some reason he seems to be a bit of a marmite with the media. Some some people think he's outstanding, and some people doesn't think this lateral passing takes away from it. But they obviously don't seem to understand that he's keeping to keep the, the ball ticking over at key times. I think he touched the ball sixty two times against Tyrone, and for me, I think he's an amazing player. Paddy, where, where do you stand on his influence for Dublin? He's one of the most influential players and best players in the country. Mm. Um, never had a bad game. I don't think I've ever seen him play a bad game. And he, as you, as you mentioned there, he handled the ball more than the Liverpool in most good games. Um, I don't like actually to criticise him for the lateral passing because when he's, he's actually acting like a quarterback, Dublin often come against um, teams that play really defensive, i.e. Monaghan this year and Chelsea. So a lot of teams, the lesser teams will say, they just go out for level and try to break through that, that by the defence. Dublin don't, they're not really, I think Jim Gavin has so perfectly. They get to a certain point, they work the ball away. And if you watch Kieran Kilkenny, he's watching the defence at all times. They're putting the defence to one side of the way, they're putting back to the other side, and they're going to the next stage of the day. And they're waiting for one zone to open up. And once that zone opens up, he'll know it's possible, Kieran Kilkenny. He'll have the ball at that zone to play a winning, you know, 
Stephen, where do you stand on his influence? For I can't understand how people. Some so, some people believe that he, he actually doesn't bring too enough enough to the party. I, I I find that unfathomable. Yeah, I think some people perceive it as being kind of low risk play that he takes on at times, but like it's still a crucial part of the I suppose transition Dublin have from defence to attack. Where once they get the turnover, they want to be running at you in waves. So for him to take I suppose a step back at times and just play a lateral pass and get, I suppose, a group of players running together off the shoulder at a half-back line. You know, that's a crucial way to break through these packed defences that they've been facing all year. So, I mean, I think he's a key player for them. And it'll be, it'll be tough to mark too for Mayo to try to latch on to him as he roams around the middle of the field there. Paul, do you agree or disagree with the theory that he is probably their most influential outfield player? You know, we came back from a, a very bad crucial injury and and turned themselves into an incredible athlete. And I didn't actually see him beyond being a county hoarder at one stage, but he turned into a, like a phenomenal athlete and footballer. Um, and, you know, you say, uh, you know, uh, him getting touched the ball or low risk, like you're playing in Crow Park on the biggest day of the year and you know you're touching the ball 50 60 70 times every time you touch the ball it's a risk because you can be forced to turn over or you could miss misplace a pass whether it be hand pass or foot pass so he's very confident in his own ability and players pass to him because they're confident in his ability as well um what a plus i find uh, this season is that dublin have had the like to say a noel scully who would go a lot deeper to take the ball from the fence and carry it up. And Kieran has been playing more in the offensive part of the pitch. You know, previously he'd be taking balls from 21 yard line or 50. Now he's actually up the pitch and he's getting possession in the attacking half, which, you know, he's, he's looking to create opportunities and control the play. And because of his athleticism, if he gets the ball 50 yards out on a, on a burst or a break, very hard to stop. And he's become a bit of a goal threat even even this year. You know, he gets through the fences so well um, that he has become a goal threat. So I think the way he's developed this year um, has brought another string to the Dublin ball as such. And he's, he, he, he will have a say in it. And, and I, I think he'll have a say in a lot of what Dublin do, do score-wise. Well, in my opinion, I think he's one of the first names on Jim Gavin's team sheet. I just think he's an absolute gem of a player. Now, we're going to start to talk about the goalkeepers. Um, because even though everyone's talking, lads, about Cluxton, and obviously we want to talk about him ourselves because he, he really has defined the game, as people have been saying. But just as much as Cluxton would be important to Dublin, I think Clark is going to be in absolutely vital and the contribution he makes to Mayo. Would you agree with that, Paddy? Yeah, certainly. Um, it's really good to have for the, um, to make the team of the year as well, goalkeeper of the year. Uh, 
chance has been fantastic and the biggest mistake well for me one of the biggest mistakes that we have made last year was dropping for the Greece play um, just one thing on Clark's kick up to make sure Clark's kick up standing all the areas of standing his distribution has gone over the hands and he's a big big presence in goal I think the Mayo defence really really trust him now at this stage uh, and that shows in the games but with his kick out when he goes short um, not even short like 30 40 yards past the players when well, Clark's been guys through the ball the ball is, is in the air going from here to be it's one of my shots at the time whereas Clark tends to fight with those kind of balls so it's taking longer for the ball to reach its destination which means the opposition have a better chance of intercepting the ball I'd love to see Mayo's take, take the risk I think Dublin will push up on their tickles on Sunday so I'd like to take the risk if O'Shea is in the forward and have Clark play the ball 60 yards every single time trying when the ball is cleaner when he breaks it is a bit risky because they might give away a lot of possession on the middle but if they can Diamond in the middle with their big men and with the breaking ball, and they can win the ball around the middle. Then it sets up their attack much easier than if they play these little lumpy passes to the, to the cornerback on the 21 or to a half back when you're 20 yards out. And I'm done, and I'm only going to stop the teams from coming out, coming out of that. So I hope Clark is told to take a chance that they won't it and that he can go on the Stephen? I was actually reading this morning um, the Cork goalie Ryan Price was uh, talking about this, and he said. Um, Clark's very good at some of the short kickouts, but his distance maybe isn't the greatest, so um, that option mightn't be there for Mayo as much as it would have been there for, I suppose, Donegal in 2014 when they took on that system with the long kickouts. So, like, Clark's very effective, kind of short mid range, but I think when he's putting distance on it, maybe he can't get that same distance as maybe Cluxton can. Paddy, do you want to respond to that? though against Kerry particularly in the replay that Clark made an absolute hames of the kickouts he was kicking them over the sideline and everything so he will really need to be at a concert pitch in that regard on Sunday certainly Paul Cluxton 96 kickouts he's taken for the dubs and they've won 83 of them it's hard to evaluate how important he is, isn't it? He, like, I remember when Guardiola was in charge of Barcelona and he was talking about Valdez and his quick restarts and stuff. I, I think kind of, you know, you're going down that route like he's almost like an extra outfield player, isn't he? I'm glad you come up with the stat there. I read that this morning myself. Yeah, I know, in fairness, I have to credit the Irish Times with that. I saw that in the Irish Times. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal return. Um, but it is all about, oh, you know, it is all about the movement of players. Um, and as Paddy said it's a, he puts it into zones he puts it into areas of the pitch that players are running into you know mm. um, and it is and look I, I've been on on the hill and I've been in the stand and I've watched and and you know there's obviously some sort of signal or sign or there's a run or something that happens that allows players to run into these spaces and um, that's even just finding them in um, but look the 
guy practices harder than anybody else. Anybody else. He'll be on the pitch before anybody else. He'll want the football laid out in a certain manner and he'll walk, walk, walk. And he'll be one of the first to, la- to leave the pitch. So he gets return from his practice. And if he doesn't get it right in practice, he is not happy at all. So the term of practice makes perfect is not true with David. It's perfect practice makes perfect. It's the same that he has. You know? And it, it then comes to the fore on match days. But like, you know, you say about, you know, Clark last year being dropped, I thought was a big mistake, or really Paddy. Um, um, look at any goalkeeper, you know, the short kick out or the quick kick out, the quick kick out and short kick out are two different things. Um, if they don't get the quick kick out that they want first time because the player is marked up or the space isn't there, you have a goalkeeper two or three steps, that's all he has to, to take a kick out. And all of a sudden they're forcing errors and force and mistakes. So that's what teams want to do. They want to stop that quick kick out. They want to prevent that. So a keeper with one two step kick can't reach the distance or can't find the man. And it's going to be crucial um, that both keepers keep the head and don't force mistakes like kicking her over the sideline or dropping one short to a centre back who's coming on for ball being closed down by a centre forward and that has happened a lot in, in recent games where a kick out doesn't go to a guy's chest, it drops on short and then a toe gets in and then all of a sudden it's a turnover score and the keeper has more pressure on him on his next kick out, you know. I think it I think it's interesting as well. They don't, they don't buckle buckle under the pressure. I think it's interesting as well just to kinda of highlight and to illustrate Cluxon's influence. He's no favour for footballer of the air, which is an incredible stuff really. We we looked at one particular player in focus for Dublin. Now we're going to look at one for Mayo. Lads, I picked out you know just 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 to go away from the regular names, the Andy Moore's, the Keelan O'Connors. Another guy for me who's had a huge year, a major influence on the team, in my opinion, does a lot of work, a lot of spade work that goes under unnoticed. Is Tom Parsons, Stephen? Yeah, when you look at Mayo, they've they've power throughout the team, and that's where they've troubled Dublin in the past. And I mean, Parsons is you know he's central to that Mayo. They're very like they can match up to Dublin. They've done it in the past. They've you know drawn with him in both of the last two years. And like Parsons, he's a big presence in the middle of the field. And yeah, I mean he'll be crucial. Like everyone, when you look at Mayo, like everyone's gonna have to really step up to it on Sunday. And you know, because Dublin have you know they look improved this year. But you know, Parsons like O'Shea in the centre of the field, like. I suppose kick out, it comes back to kickouts as well, where mm. you need those presences to offer the options to David Clark and to win ball contested against Dublin, and that you know that those areas could be the winning of the game. Paddy, just to to to, to further touch on that, that midfield battle it's an interesting one really. It, a lot of games recently there's been off that made about the midfield battle or whatever, and they were saying in Dublin Dublin's previous games, but certainly this match is an unusual one because. Assuming Shami O'Shea starts, you have Shami O'Shea, Tom Parsons, power and brawn and, and, and a lot of a lot of hard work ethic there against the more probably dynamic mobile duo in James McCarthy and Brian Fenton. It, it's a pure clash there, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually really, really interesting. There's some really interesting points to talk about this game and that's definitely one of them. I think the, the two lads are the they're still double, they're still mobile. Uh, they're, work, they're excellent on the ball more than Fenton 
Finland's uh, record with Dublin, uh, his success in the championship is ridiculous at this stage mm. uh, for such a young lad. Um, he's a big, big presence in the middle for Dublin. He's actually not bad. The year of second probably doesn't get enough um, enough place for his ability. But his pass was agree with you 100%. He's coming under the radar this ever present in the middle of the field for Mayo. His work, and again, like a two Dublin lads, he's a bigger man, but he's only very agile, he's only mobile. What's amazing about him is he never seems to tire in games. Mm. He's, still he's a ferocious engine, yeah. But he, he's chipped out with his scores a little bit, to be fair, at Parsons. Shane O'Shea, not so much a big scorer, he's more of a defensive midfielder. Again, he's maybe not a guy that you'll get 70 minutes of uh, sort of the world. But um, McCarthy, who's been known to, he's a bit rash with his tackles, he could get the back card, he could get two yellow beans. Uh, well, same thing for such a young guy. He, 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 well, I think Jim Gavin has made things for him. I think Jim Gavin has actually turned him into a super player. He's going to be a big say on Sunday. I think if Fenton is really at the race, then Mayo could struggle at the minute. Paul, where do you stand in that midfield battle? It, it, it's unusual to see, normally you have, we say, one really mobile player but one more powerful guy, but it seems to be two powerful guys against two more, slightly more mobile fellas. Yeah, it's a great partnership the two of them there and you know I fear when I when I do see them pair, pairing up um, you know probably the Parsons has been getting forward a bit and they, they kick a score but the two of them are experienced enough as well that they'll hold like a lot of Mayo's attacks and a lot of scores have come from defenders the corner forwards bombing up the pitch or mm. corner, corner backs bombing up the pitch and half backs so they're well able to sit back in the pocket and cover those type of runs. Uh, Brian Fenton is, is nearly the complete footballer, you know, his athleticism, again, he's so composed for his age, he's very mature. And then you have James McCarthy, who, you know, year in, year out, whether it's half back or midfield, you know, has been putting in strong performances. He's the type of player you would hate to be marked by. He, he's, he's, he's brash and he's strong, he's physical, he likes the contact type of stuff. And like that, probably in, in a way sums up like what you're going to get is that you know old school fielding ability uh, scoring from midfielders uh, being able to cover guys and then I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Flynn being thrown into the mix if he was to come in and slot into mm. midfield for a while and add to the the whole the whole challenge in there you know so yeah it's crucial what midfielders going to be doing off the ball as well as on the ball um, so I'd be I'm really looking forward to see those matches. Okay, lads, so we'll get a few man of the match uh, choices and verdicts. Let's start with Stephen. Stephen, can Stephen Rochard lead Mayo to the promised land or are we going to be looking at really categorising does Dublin team as potentially the best of all time on Sunday? I think it'll be close. I know Dublin have improved, but Mayo have always put it up to them down through the years. I mean, like Dublin have completely hammered everyone who's come before them throughout this year and I suppose ideally going into a final you'd want a bit more of a test going into it so Mayo definitely can catch them and I mean it looks like it's written in the stars in a way the way they've got to the final and building on past years but at the same time Dublin you know they just keep getting it done and even against Mayo even with all the luck they had last year they still managed you know they still managed to dig it out and they've improved on that since so as much as I kind of you know I think everyone would love to see Mayo do it you kind of just have to lean towards Dublin. And I suppose in terms of a man of the match pick, I mean, it could be anyone, but I'd be looking at maybe 
the half back line that a guy like Jack McCaffrey maybe kind of breaking through the line and breaking through that Mayo defence could be key. Paddy? Um, all things pointed at the minute, like they are really, they like to kick in the game of the few years back that everybody said, we're the best on the team even maybe, you know, Zag, with David, that's what everybody said. I think there's definitely teams the same to be said of them, not just one to 15, one to 30, and their management team, possibly the best football team I've seen anyway in my time. Everything looks like a double win. I spent the last weeks myself just looking at reasons why Mayo might not be starting with that new one. Sorry, but I don't know. I'm going to call him out. I'm just looking at Dublin. Dublin's year so far. I think the last couple of edges of the Hardwoods carry in the league final. I'd say their most competitive teams this year have been able to be games because they're so strong in the panel. That's going to tell one man in Cali's going that way. He's not being able to put up the Dublin. Whereas Mayo have had a Trojan year, as Stephen said earlier, they had this. Interesting stuff, Eddie, Paul. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been very impressed with Mayo this year, and I think it's the best football they've played. They've played in a number of years. They're very um, dynamic going forward, more so than previously. And I, you know, I hope that they'll play that way, that they'll go out all out to, to try and beat Dublin. Um, in saying that, that could expose a lot of weaknesses that they may have in defence. Like those players are great going forward, but you know, when you're put the pin of the collar and you have Conor Callan or Paul Mannion or Kieran Kilkenny running at you, how would you do a job then? Um, you know, what something summed up for me with Mayo was uh, part of the Kerry game when there was three blocks or three saves made at the hill end and I hadn't seen that before and so they're definitely uh, playing together and fighting together harder than before. But I think Dublin have improved again this year. Um, one or two new players have been introduced and have made a big difference. Um, some of the older guys who people thought were part of can come in and do a job from the start or, or to finish it off. Um, and I think they, they'll just be too, too good on the day. Um, agree, half-back could be a winner for us, but um, I think maybe the likes of Paul Mannion could, could have a really big uh, impact on the game. Um, Dublin have six great scoring forwards, and I don't know whether they all have six great defenders to stop them. So, a Dublin win. Excellent stuff, Paddy and Paul. Many thanks for your contributions, and Stephen to the Irish Examiner GA podcast and ahead of this All Ireland final. Enjoy the game, lads. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 